This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. (laughs) The calling upon us now is to harmonize the masculine and feminine energy. This requires us, as women, to dust off our innate talents, invest in ourselves, and align with what we know is true. Women from all walks of life are seeking realignment, even if their physical state is unaware of this yearning desire. For many of us, this will start in small increments off the side of our desks that will collectively generate universal energy to shift our planet into more balance and harmony. Valeria Telles interviews J.J.D. Geronimo, the author of The Working Woman's GPS, When the Plan to Have It All Leads You Astray, and Accelerate Your Impact, Career Strategies to Pave Your Professional Path. J.J.D. Geronimo is an award-winning author of two books that share strategies to advance professional women. She is also the creator of the global group Tech Savvy Women and Together We Seek Retreats. With new levels of awareness, J.J. shares a more spiritual side of her life, that undeniably strengthens her mission to empower women at work and in life. Conditioned to look outward, JJ, along with many women, juggle external validations such as titles, salaries, and relationships intermingled with self-doubt, negative self-talk, and demanding schedules. These pressures lead many women to ask, am I enough? What am I doing? Or is this it? Over-delivering in almost every aspect of her life, JJ found herself yearning for more meaning, realizing that she would not be able to inspire women in this aspect of their lives until she inspired herself. JJ shares a new side of her work, which includes mindfulness, solo trips, and activities to boost her light and energy. With a workbook-style approach, JJ created discussions, resources, podcasts, and actions based on her journey for women interested in digging deep, releasing the guilt, and aligning with what they know is true. With lessons, love, and permission, this group is filled with strategies to tap into more inner knowing that will help us rediscover the brightness within our natural gifts. If you are a woman seeking more meaningful connections, more moments of joy, and more fulfilling activities, this is for you. JJ will help you determine what is holding you back while providing tools you can use off the side of your desk to illuminate your own path. When we work together to brighten our lights, we illuminate the path for many. Meet JJ at jjdgeronimo.com. Here is the interview with JJ D. Geronimo. In your own words, who is JJ D. Geronimo? 
JJ DiGeronimo is on a journey. She is a woman that has had an inner drive for decades, not really sure how that was going to manifest, but there's been many twists and turns and opportunities and ways to share my inner voice that has given me more insight to the real work I need to do while I'm on the planet. So in this journey, it's been a lot of highs and lows, but I feel like I learned through my journey and can share my strategies and how I go about it that happens to help other women unlock their journeys. The inner voice, what is that for you? How would you describe what that is? Unfortunately, for most of my life, well into my 40s, I didn't really understand the dynamics of the inner voice and how it can really impact our decision and actions. About the age of, I would say, 43, 44, I ended up in a therapist's office because I really was searching for more joy. And she guided me to mindfulness. And unfortunately, the first few times that I had met with her, I did not follow up. I thought it was silly. How could that fix it? What is she talking about? But over time, I kept getting those pushes, pushes, pushes that I eventually started uh, the 12-week mindfulness course with John Kabat-Zinn. And it really opened up my mind and kind of my life to how much our inner voice, that inner talk track really affects how we approach our lives, what we decide to do, how we feel about ourselves. And now it is a very, very active practice I have to monitor that inner voice and be sure that it's not cutting me off short of my full potential. When you say inner voice, immediately what comes to me is intuition. You didn't mention that word, but is that somehow connected to our intuition? Yeah, I sort of separate out the two. Inner voice for me more often is my ego and how I'm trying to coach myself through different situations and opportunities. Uh, My inner knowing for me is really intuition. This is something that comes from my gut. It's not in my head. It's really more buried deep down in my body. And it gives me those alerts like, watch out, check over your back, go back to the house and grab this. Maybe you should call this person. That inner knowing comes from a really deep place in my body that really doesn't have um, fear or frustration or anxiety attached to it. It is generally often a suggestion. Inner knowing. It sounds spiritual to me. Is that something that it is connected to your spiritual practices? Do you have them? And what is spirituality to you, JJ? Mm, Yeah, so spirituality for me has been something that I've continued to uncover. I feel like it's always been part of me, but I think sometimes when you lead with your ego and you're in corporate America, you often are really driven by your heart and your mind, but your mind seems to take over more often than your heart. And you really, what I've really had to do is sort of decouple my inner drive that is driven by like external metrics to give me the space to really dig into who am I, what am I here to do, and really investigate sort of my inner knowing that I feel like is part of the fiber that connects all of us. So another warm-up question I have to you, I have too many here, is success. How do you define success these days? 
Yeah. So I used to be title, salary, accolade, accomplishment. And in fact, I'm, I'm getting ready to write my next book that is really about decoupling us from these external metrics. But to success today is really about how I feel, how I make other people feel, how I enrich the lives of the people that I have the opportunity to interact with. To me, it's about sharing wisdom and knowing support. And success for me, when I look back on my lifetime, will be much more about the experience I've been part of, the people I've come in contact with, and the work that I've been encouraged to do based on my natural gifts. Another question I have for you, it's the purpose of the human experience. Have you wondered what is all, all this about? What are we doing here collectively? Oh, I love that question. I'm a very big spiritual reader. So I've listened from to Katie Byron to, you know, several, I, I follow a lot of spiritual advisors on YouTube. I'm very much in the starseed space right now, but I believe the human experience is something we've chosen to do, that we have a lot of choices of what we're going to do with our soul. And we've chosen to come down and have a human experience And our human experience is for us to grow our souls, to enlighten our path, and to really stretch ourselves in new ways. And we have very much, in my opinion, have signed up for the life that we have created. And that many of the interactions, relationships, and situations are perfectly orchestrated for us to expand our knowing, our skill set, and our awareness so that we can take these wis- uh, these lessons and wisdom back with us, back into the collective energy when we leave the planet. Do you have a vision of what would that look like? Freedom, liberation outside of the body or even back here. What would that look like to be liberated or free? Well, our soul definitely goes back to the pool of the light. So when I think of all of us coming back together, I think of a pool of white light with real, with no real definition between any of us. We are all part of a collective light that comes back together. And we've all just sort of teardrops have come down into the human soul. And I think one of our biggest challenges as a human is that our the light, I really envision it as a teardrop, comes into the body. And that our ego generally runs our human body until we seek the wisdom and the knowing so that our light can actually be the brightest part of us. What is true power to you in a human body? What would that look like? True power, in my opinion, is really just having inner peace, believing that everything that happens to us is already orchestrated at some level and that it is part of our journey. And the way that I do that, I really shift my mindset to, instead of this is happening to me, I suggest this is happening for me. So every time something happens, I always remind myself, this is perfectly orchestrated. This is happening for me. What is the lesson? What do I need to learn? Where is the opportunity? And I really think it's about growing uh, our soul with wisdom, acknowledgement, and alignment to the higher purpose. My last question, warm-up question is, what do you love most about being in a human body, in a female human body? Well, we're in a unique time on the planet right now. I mean, we are definitely shift- shifting to equalize the feminine masculine energy. And being a woman right now at this time in this body, 
I am very much part of that energy shift. And I believe all the work that I do on a daily basis is really to help brighten the lights of many so that we can help with that balancing. What is your understanding and idea of love? That's such an interesting question because it's something that I've had to really work through in this lifetime is what is love? What is love? And I feel like so much of my lessons have come back to working from the inside out that what you see and experience really starts within. And the more that you really do things to honor and love yourself, the more love you have around you. So I feel like love is really a reflection of what is already happening inside you. So you wrote two books, perhaps the last one I would say, you you are writing, but please let me know. Uh, The Working Woman's GPS and Accelerate Your Impact. So talk to me about the main inspiration and intention of writing these books. Well, I definitely did not think I was a writer. I'll just put that right out there. (laughs) Uh, I went to school for computer science. I've spent most of my corporate life in technology, most of which out of Silicon Valley. But in my 30s, I decided to get married and have children. And I really was unsure at the time of how I was going to keep everything going. And I quickly learned that, you know, women are very challenged with all their yeses. Oftentimes when we say yes to so many, we often compromise our own experiences and interests. And although many say it's possible, you can have it all, it's easy, you can do it. I quickly learned firsthand how challenging it is to really hit on all cylinders. And my first book was really just my seeking to other women to say, how are you doing this? How do you keep this going? You know, how do I keep myself whole while still trying to manage a full-time global job and two children under three? And I, and I find that really much of my work um, and definitely based on my human design is I have to go through it first. I have to work through it first. And once I work through it, I can share my lessons and findings with others. And that's exactly what happened. I I really had to get myself at a good place. And I did that by really leaning on women that were 5, 10, and 15 years ahead of me. And my first book, The Working Woman's GPS, was really stories I had planned to leave behind for my daughter so that she too wouldn't have to struggle in this having it all environment that we try to position uh, as sort of, you know, the mecca of making it. And when you say that, even it spells pressure, (laughs) having it all. Mm, It sure does. And it's just really delusional in a lot of levels. So that was really my first attempt and goal to share my wisdom with women on a bigger way. And in sharing that out in the world, I I participate in many women's groups, many women's organizations, uh, ERG ERG groups, and also uh, conferences that have events for women, you know, many would ask me, you know, how do I get promoted? How do I find a sponsor? How do I get on a board? And that really was the basis for my second book is if you do desire to make that next professional step, you need to have a plan and working in your career is very different than working on your career and accelerate your impact are the steps and strategies to work on your career. 
Talk to me for a moment about the global group Tech Savvy Women and also the Together We Seek retreats. That is, sounds very interesting to me. How do they work and where do you hold them? Yeah, so Tech Savvy Women is something I started in 2008. It is a self-sufficient group on LinkedIn that really is for women in tech and they support and elevate and connect each other. And together we seek retreats. I actually built in 2016, and it really is a community of women, professional women and light workers that are coming together to share wisdom, guidance, and connecting on a completely different level than being in the conference room or the you know event space or having a keynote speaker. This is really about feeling from the inside out. And with you know, things that are happening in the world right now, it's hard to get together in person, uh, but we will continue to do this in 2020 and beyond is meeting in some really special spiritual spaces that bring women together that are seeking something else. Know that there's more for them to do, but they just haven't figured out how to tap into it. So 2020 and the events that happened, which still happening actually, how do you connect that with the shift in women's perspective in minds and how important this shift is, JJ? The shift is absolutely instrumental and no accident. This real shift is for all the souls that are here for a bigger purpose that maybe didn't know it or had some inklings or have not really stepped into it. It's a time for reflection introspection, external education, alignment to new things. And I think many of us have to take a step back and say, you know what, what really does inspire me? Where are the sparks on my schedule? What should I be running towards? And I think that huge pause was for many of us to gain perspective. Yeah, the question I had is this life-work balance that we have heard for so long. What is your take on that? I know you, I mentioned the word balance before, that everything's about balance. But when it comes to life and work, is that something that we managed to balance or it became something different for you? You have different ideas about that? I think one of my biggest findings is that you really do need to work from the inside out. If you let your schedule run you and you do not carve in the time in your schedule to fill your bucket, to fuel your station, you know, you really start to exert so much energy outward that you lose touch with your center point. And I think for many of us, giving ourselves permission to fuel our, to visit our fuel stations. And that could be, you know, reading a book, taking a walk, going on a trip, going out with friends, whatever your fuel stations are, things that fill you up, those cannot be left to the side. Those are things that you have to be disciplined about putting inside your schedule because when you visit your fuel stations, you can make wiser decisions. You often are more productive because you are fulfilled in other ways and you align more to your truth. I love the way you said that, fuel station. And that has everything to do with um, your interest in what women are doing off the side of their desk. I found that to be interesting when I read. Uh, it's true. So we are not giving priority to our own deeper truth. We are not in touch with them. We are pushing them to the side. I have done that for so long too. 
Why do we do that? Is that fear? It's a conditioning of mind, body, and societal beliefs, false beliefs. I think from a young age, we're taught to look outward. Even most religions, you know, teach to look outward, where I feel that so much of us are part of the bigger energy, whatever that is for you, whatever you call that, uh, you are already part of that. And that tapping into yourself will actually give you a more solid connection to the higher being. And I think for many of us, we were brought up in organizations and communities that have taught us to seek outward, where in reality, we need to seek inward to really feel that deep connection to spiritual and source energy that is really the reason we're here. And our goal is to get back there. And for many of us, that is really about finding the quiet time to connect with something meaningful that fills us up and creates a connection to the energy source that fuels so many of us. And with that in mind, JJ, what are the signs that we are living our gifts, that we are answering that call? How do we know? Where do we find the courage <laughs> to finally follow our hearts? Mm, I think it's very easy. I think it's super easy to see where you are on the spectrum. As you move through your day, hour to hour, task by task, are you living in a place of more fear or are you living in a place of more abundance? The way you look at your schedule, your life, your relationships, are you grateful or are you frustrated? Because you can only live in love and abundance or fear and anxiety. You cannot live in both. And training yourself to tip the teach uh, tip the seesaw to love and abundance often takes practice. It's not impossible, but starting with small things from appreciation for your hot beverage, appreciation for your food, appreciation for your relationships, appreciation for how you get back and forth to work, appreciation for the quiet time you get to spend by yourself. You train your thoughts and your psyche to lean towards love and appreciation. And when you start to look more often through that lens of life, you then often see the abundance. I don't really subscribe to the idea of perfection, that we are always, you know, that we should hold that position of being grateful all the time, every day, every second. So is there a balance too? Do we also hold space for, let's say, frustration? Do you suggest women to always um, be attentive to those moments of frustration and try to stop them? I think you should inquire with insight. You know, before we started this call, I got a note from somebody that, you know, wasn't happy with my response time on a particular item, even though I was actually out in, on a, an excursion event for the weekend. And, you know, instead of being frustrated by it, my first inclination is, why, why, why does this make me frustrated? Instead of like, oh gosh, I can't believe this. And the reason it made me frustrated is because I want people to believe I take my work seriously. And that questioning of that, then I question myself. And I just had to remind myself, like, it was the weekend. I do take my work seriously. In fact, I was working. <laughs> uh, but that I can't often let others' judgment or expectations determine my self-worth. 
I love that question. So why am I frustrated when those moments come? Yes, yeah. So that means we are holding, probably holding on to um, other people's judgments. They are affecting us. And we are letting that happen because we are not centered in our own inner knowing, as you call it. Yeah. And oftentimes it's really my ego that takes over, right? My ego is you're not good enough. People don't like you. You're, you didn't do that right. And sure, I have missteps like everybody else. I have frustrations just like everyone else. But instead of letting them manage my hour or my day, I I look from a point of why, why am I letting this bother me? What is it that I am feeling inferior? Why am I feeling inferior? Why do I feel not good enough? And so they become less and less frequent. Talk to me for a moment about the harmony between the masculine and the feminine energies. Is there a practice for that, JJ, that you can suggest? Yes, I would say I even le- I lean even more masculine. My Aquarius sign, the fact that I'm in technology, you know, I really do. My emotional chart often says I tend to lean more masculine. So for me, it's about having more grace and love and support of myself rather than driving myself to the edge so often. And I think all of us, you know, have masculine and feminine energy within us and around us. And I think that for many of us, it's just a really good practice to take care of ourselves and make sure that we're, especially for women, that we're acknowledging all we have done and not only focusing on what we haven't done. I know that's a tricky point for me, but I, I think for many of us, we the whole planet, you know, needs to be balanced in regards to masculine and feminine energy. And I think that being aware of how you lean is also insightful and can, you may be somebody that needs to have more masculine energy or needs more feminine energy. And I think just really spending time being inquisitive of who you are and where your hangups are can often give you great insight and ultimately great peace. You have a podcast that relates to career strategies for women. What is the name of the podcast, JJ? Yes, it's Career Strategies for Women That Work. You sent me some topics. One that caught my attention was very much was uh, episode 15, five wins from every no. That has been a challenge for me, saying no. So how do we learn to balance, per se, I'm going to use that word again, to balance loving ourselves and others at the same time? Mm, That's a great, great, great question. This is something that was very difficult for me. And honestly, it's very difficult for many people because they feel that their self-worth is determined by other people's happiness. And I think many times if you're being really pulled in the direction to make other people happy, it is more of a test for you about creating boundaries and for your own self-love. And to do that, I actually have a great chart in episode two that allows you to look at the things you've committed to and really investigate why you're doing them, how much time it takes you to do them, what type of energy it gives you, and who's asking you to do it. This is something I had to investigate when I was swimming in a mud puddle. My energy was very low. I was in the wrong job. I had the wrong people around me. And I really could not seem to get out of my own way. And what I really had to do is to investigate 
what was I saying yes to? Why was I saying yes to it? And what type of energy did it bring me? And what I found out is that I was saying yes to a lot of things because I felt like I should. I felt guilty. I felt like I needed to do it. In reality, it just continued to drain me dry. And I think for many of us, being really purposeful of how you give up your time and who you give it up to and why you give it up is really some great insight to how much you love yourself, how much grace you give yourself, and you know how you really schedule your day. Because for us, you and I that have done a lot of spiritual work, a lot of energy work, we probably have learned that you know the more I give up, the less I have to give. And so we have to be really mindful on what we say yes to. What is the antidote to self-doubt? <laughs> The antidote to self-doubt. You know, self-doubt is a protection mechanism in a lot of ways. You know, your ego is protecting you from not embarrassing yourself, not putting yourself out there, not showing up in ways you're not ready. But there are times where you need to sort of say, you know, I got this. I understand you're trying to protect me, ego, but I got this. And I think for many of us, you know, self-doubt, if allowed, can really prevent us from moving forward to taking leaps and directions we already know we can do. But oftentimes we're waiting to be 100% ready. And when you wait to be 100% ready, you often really rob yourself of building self-efficacy. And in my mind, self-efficacy is the opposite of self-doubt. Self-efficacy is having a vision for where you want to go and believing you can achieve it. And self-efficacy is learned. So the only way you can build self-efficacy is running before you're ready, jumping into things at 70% rather than 99%, giving yourself opportunities to prove that you can make it happen even if you're not 100% prepared. So that when you do have self-doubt, you have inklings of experiences that really give you the confidence to say, hey, self-doubt, thank you so much, but I'm going to go for this anyways. I love the way you speak about these things too. It's very, very clear. Burnout, that is, um, has been an issue for so many of us. You have been talking about so many strategies that we can use to prevent burnout. Do you have, let's say, some very specific suggestions to avoid burnout on a daily basis? Or we just go back always to self-love and get in touch with the inner knowing, self-inquiry, self-awareness. Do you have anything beyond that that we can learn from? Well, I've sort of created a checklist for myself. When I'm asked to do something, let's say from work, let's start with work. If you're asked to do something, you know, I have a series of questions I go through. You know, why am I being asked to do this? Do I have the time to do this? Am I the right person on the team to do this? Is there budget? Has it already been tackled and not successful? Or is this the first time out? How will this impact projects I'm already committed to? So I have a series of questions I go through, which are also in episode two that you can download for free. But from a personal standpoint, I think women are just so wonderful in the sense that there's such many of them are such nurturers that we go above and beyond because oftentimes we want we want to fuel the people that we love whether they're our children our siblings our parents our significant others and sometimes we overgive to points where we've almost decoupled or 
yeah, decoupled others from doing things for themselves. And I think we need to be really honest with ourselves. One, do I need to be doing this? Is this the right use of my time? Is this something they could be doing for themselves? Is there somebody else that could do this in the family? Because I've been doing it for a decade. You know, I think giving ourselves permission to let go of things that honestly are not really good use of our time. Or we don't have great energy because if you're doing things you're not excited about or hate doing, even if your intention is good, your energy is wrong or misaligned. And I think for many of us, you really need to preserve your energy level. And I talk to a lot of women about frequency. If you think of your energy as a radio station, you know, if you're at 99.7 and an activity or person brings you down to 86.4, It takes a lot of energy to get back up to 99.7. So it is up to you to preserve your frequency. So the inquiry, it's very powerful. And I know asking questions, deeper questions, how powerful that is. It's a beautiful suggestion. And being more aware of the energies that we are giving. That's interesting. It seems like a common sense that we can't give what we don't have. But it seems like we try, right, JJ? (laughs) Most of us try. And if you're finding yourself blaming, you really need to sort of take your fingers and turn them inward. Because again, you know, Katie Byron, your exterior is a direct reflection of your interior. So why are you doing it? It's usually because you're doing it to seek some sort of recognition or some kind of affirmation or some exterior acknowledgement, when in reality, you really just need to take care of your heart center. And what you mentioned earlier about enthusiasm and loving what you do, that that is a huge sign of the levels of energy that we have to give whatever it is. Yes. So we're almost at the end. I have a few more questions for you. The ending questions. Would you like to add anything else or read a passage in one of your books? Well, I just want to say thank you because it's so wonderful to talk about this so freely. And honestly, I think for me, I'm transitioning into this space. So it's such great reassurance that the world is ready for this conversation. And I just really appreciate the space to embark on it. Oh, yes, we are ready. (laughs) Absolutely. And my final questions, what is another word for life? Light. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, a billion times, yes. And if you knew you would die soon, meaning losing or leaving the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? Mm. I probably would celebrate more. I probably would. I feel like I create a ton of content all the time and that I would find more time to just sit in the sun with my favorite beverage and just embrace the energy of the people I love. Oh, and I love that you said that. You used the word celebration, celebrate life, right? The gift of being alive. Yes. That's beautiful. I love that. What a beautiful reminder for myself too. (laughs) And my last question is, what are three things about life you wish everyone to experience or to know before they lose the body? You are love. You come from love. And you're here to give love. Thank you so much, JJ, for your presence, for the wisdom that's flowing through you, the natural wisdom of what I call life itself, which has everything to do with the balance between the feminine and the masculine energies. 
the work that you do and everything else in between that could be felt today. Thank you. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? You can search on any device for JJ DeGeronimo. <laughs> you can search on any device for JJ DeGeronimo. Wonderful. I'll have the links on your podcast profile too. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about JJD Geronimo and her work, please visit jjdgeronimo.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>